Welcome everyone to the Star Wars Historian Show here on the Gazebo Effect Network. My name is David Gonzalez and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host Luke Forney. It's me. It's Luke. Uh, that seems to be like our go-to thing. Like you say, it's me, and I said, it's you. How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, it's our it's our go-to thing until we come up with a new thing. Yeah, and then and then it's completely different. Speaking of completely different, which this is not different at all, um, we are covering Obi-Wan Kenobi. The first three episodes have come out. Woo. It's exciting. It's a great thing. And joining us to talk through these first three episodes is my brother, Daniel Gonzalez. Welcome, Daniel. Obi-Wan Kenobi, first three episodes are out. What a fun ride and what a great journey after a long wait. It's true. Yeah, it is. It's been a long time coming. Ewan McGregor has been hiding. Even before like they announced it, he had been waiting like three years to even tell anybody, like, hey, we're, we're doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Uh, a lot of us thought that it was going to be a movie, uh, and then it became a Disney Plus series. So I guess uh, the, f- the first question is, what, is your, what are your overall thoughts of the show as a whole? It, it's fantastic. It's exactly what I kind of wanted from a show like this. Although, uh, in some ways, it's, it's been a little bit different than I might have expected, but in a good way. And so, yeah, overall, I've been really pleased with it. Um, This is definitely a show that I'm going to be coming back to uh, time and time again. I don't think I watched a show as many times as I've already watched the three episodes. Mm -hmm. Because I think I've seen the whole, those first three episodes, I think I've seen them, each of them, like three to four times already, each one. And I didn't do that with Book of Boba Fett. I didn't do that with mandalorian at any point i didn't do that with bad batch i haven't done it with any of the shows other than this one and so that says a lot whenever you watch a show and it's not even done yet like we're not even done we're halfway through but i've already seen each of the episodes three four times that's pretty crazy when when you really think about how how good a show is is the fact that it's rewatchable even this early on, like the show's not even done yet. And you're already going back to like first three episodes, which it's not crazy uh, because I've done it. I've watched, I think each episode like two times. And I think, and if I count the times that I've gone back just to watch specific scenes, I've like watched each episode like 10 times just because there's so much good, just good little scenes that I, that I enjoy so much uh, I guess he, here's a, a question that I've just started thinking about as time has gone on. But like I said earlier, the, a lot of people thought, and I, and I think rightly so, just because it, it seemed like this, they were going this way. But there was a thought that this was actually going to be a, a movie, not necessarily a Disney Plus series. Do you guys prefer that it is a Disney Plus series or would you prefer a film instead? Uh, I think whenever you ask that question, it really has to do with the way that everything is paced. And to me, it doesn't seem like this story should be paced in any other way than like 
this episodic episodic uh, format uh, because there's not ever really a moment in the episodes where I think, oh, this is too slow and needs to be cut out or this is too fast and we need to calm down a little bit. So I think whenever you're able to see that, like, whether or not something is, is well paced in the kind of show format, I think that really answers the question for you. Yeah, I agree. I think the pacing is fine. Um, a movie, it would have worked as well, but kind of like Luke was saying, episodic wise, um, they're able to do a lot more. I think if we just got one movie, um, which it could be like two and a half hours, I think with a six episode series, it's a little bit more. Um, and I think they confirmed it. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if this is confirmed that they're, they are green lighting a season two. Um, I, I read that on Twitter. I don't know if it's true. I hope it is. Um, but I think doing it in six episodes gives us a lot more time. And like you said, the pacing is, is just right. Um, I think it makes people hungry for the next episode, but it is because I think each episode has been about 40 minutes a piece, um, give or take. And I think that's enough time to tell a good chunk of the story each episode, um, but also leave you hungry for more. So I'm, I'm fine with um, them doing it in this format. I, I'm not saying I don't agree with you guys because I do. Um, I think the only thing that I might miss from just the movie aspect of it is just like some of the quality of the scenes, uh, which again, like as the Star Wars historians, we, we've told you we're not going to like everything and we will have uh, some criticisms that we have. I, I like to think that my criticism that I'm about to share is, is valid. Uh, the, the only problem I have is that sometimes the production and, and the quality of that production is lacking a little bit. And I think the, the biggest example of that was the first confrontation that we have with Vader and Kenobi um, with the lightsabers. It just at times just seemed very like fan film. And I don't know if it had to do with just the fact that I'm not used to seeing this light up kind of saber technology with Vader and with Kenobi um, because they, they're not using the old, like what they used in 2005. Um, now you're actually seeing the light off their faces and, and especially with Vader off of, you know, his helmet and, and, and his armor and everything like that. So maybe I'm just, I wasn't used to it. Uh, but I think it, it was only in that instance to where I was just like, oh, man, I just wish the quality was was a little bit better. But I think story wise, pacing wise, I love Disney Plus series. Uh, and I think especially if you're telling a story like this, it's perfect for what for what it's supposed to do and what we're wanting from Obi-Wan Kenobi's story now talking about the criticism or not the criticism sorry scratch that um now talking about you know the 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 rumors and the seemingly uh huge news that obi-wan kenobi actually is getting the green light for season two i think i'm gonna wait until season one is over to decide and to and to see if i actually want a season two because I think that if they tie up season one, if they tie up this season 
well, I'm probably going to be like, you know what? I'm satisfied with this story of Kenobi and, and just leaving it there. But we only have three episodes. We don't know what the next three episodes are going to be and if they're going to set up something else. I think the only thing is, is that with the season two kind of being up in the air and being talked about, we're going to get a lot of people who are going to want Darth Maul to come back and to basically do a live action fight between Kenobi and Maul. And I don't really want that. I think Rebels did it perfectly. Yeah, um, I would say, you know, and, and keeping in mind how few episodes there are left in the season. Uh, I would say it depends on what gets covered in, in those episodes. So I, I agree that I'll suspend my judgment on whether or not um, it should get a second season. And this isn't from a writing point of view. A lot of times whenever you're asking whether something should get a second season, it's because you think that the writing has suffered or that you don't think that it's, it's worthy of another season. Um, I don't think that's the case here at all. I think the writing is perfect. I just, uh, the, where, where's the story going is, is the really important thing. But I, I can imagine there being some questions, namely, uh, with Qui-Gon Jinn and, uh, Obi-Wan learning to commune with him that could be left unanswered enough to warrant a second season. I'm with you, David. I'm, I'm going to withhold my opinion on whether or not it should get a second season until we see how this plays out. Now, I'm going to go ahead and disqualify my opinion because I didn't think I had a hard time finding a story for Obi-Wan, even with season one. I came into Kenobi thinking, where are they where are they going to start where is this starting from what kind of story are we going to have with kenobi i mean he's on tatooine what is there for him to do and you know i mainly seen that the first uh episode i was like oh this is a really great premise something yeah. i didn't even think of and well, so i'm i'm gonna withhold judgment until we're done with this season but i'm I, i'm not creative enough to think of starting places and stuff and so i'm gonna really give that to like deborah chow john favreau dave filoni i'm gonna let those guys handle the stories because they're way more creative than i am um would i like to see a season two i would again it's just i I, i'm gonna have those questions where are we starting from here so right but daniel just i'm i'm right where you are at though with uh i didn't know what the story was going to be about in kenobi and how, for me, the biggest problem was how are you going to get Obi-Wan off of, off of Tatooine? And the way that they, like, manage it, I I never saw it coming. I should have. But it's, it's just, it's brilliant. Um, the only way that you can get Obi-Wan away from Luke is to have him uh, rescue Leia. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's, that, that was a really great premise. I believe that having Leia as one of the as one of the main characters in this show is fantastic. I mean, you do have people who are going after this little girl on social media, uh, going after Moses Ingram as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think that Leia was perfect uh, throughout these first three episodes. I mean, when we're introduced to her in, in, in part one, 
Vivian Blair is just has Carrie Fisher's demeanor, mm-hmm. uh, her her sassiness, her her independence, her courage, um, how she roasts her cousin like verbally. I mean, it, it was just it was beautiful uh, and, and perfect to see. I also just love uh, the fact that um, Bail Organa is also back in the show as well. And yeah. to have him interact with Leia. And we actually get to see their relationship together. Um, and I think the conversation that they have specifically about, I don't want to be a senator. Well, that probably means that you're going to be an amazing one. Uh, I think is just so crucial to to her development. And and, the, and again, it goes back into probably the, the second uh, part two to where Kenobi ends up bringing up her mother he didn't say her mother uh but he's just like you just remind me of someone and she's a leader um which luke and i have already had that conversation going back and forth about what she talked about was he talking about padme was he talking about satine uh but now after like going back and like listening or like watching it again i was just like oh yeah he's for sure they're really just harping on how much she's like padme yeah more and than, i think episode three also yes part three also helps narrow it down because i was pretty firmly on the other side thinking that he was talking about Satine, but after right. episode three uh, it's i think it's pretty clear that he has padme in mind yeah i when I f- i'm i'm with you at first i thought maybe padme was probably the initial but then um i'm thinking more about it and the fact that he said that she was stubborn and i'm thinking about all the times in clone wars where Satine and obi-wan are going at each other you know, not wanting to move off each other's uh, position. And so I thought at first initially Satine as well. Um, but like you said, like when episode three came around and that was one of my favorite scenes, uh, you know, him kind of saying, hey, like when I look at her, I see her mother, you know, type thing. And, and looking at Leia's face and she's a smart little girl for 10 years old. Like she is really super smart. And um, and then like David, like you were saying earlier, I'm, my favorite parts of that first episode is is literally the scene between Bale and Leia, um, because I just I love the chemistry that they have with one another. Um, I love their their conversations, and it just it just made me smile um, to kind of see Bale not as a senator like we've seen him in the past, like we've seen him in Clone Wars and and um, and the movies, but seeing him as an actual father and seeing how that relationship kind of progressed um, as he got older. And so I, I, so those were my favorite scenes, but yeah, I agree. I think they're really harping on um, kind of hinting that Obi-Wan knows her mother and she knowing that he, that he knew her mother, but not giving it away. And so the, so they, they've done a really good job with young Leia. She is perfect. They casted her perfectly and she, she just exudes a kind of presence like a Carrie Fisher. And, and so I, I love that choice. I, you know, seeing Jimmy Smith's back as Bill Organa is amazing and perfect. And any like even when he came, like just showed his face in Rogue One for like two minutes in the entire movie. Like I was fantastic. But of course, seeing Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi was when he first showed up on screen, like I almost, I almost had tears in my eyes. It was, it was fantastic. And it was amazing seeing him back in this role. And 
he is Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point. And I, and I told this to Luke earlier, but I feel like Ewan McGregor at this point is just as much Obi-Wan Kenobi as Sir Alec Guinness was, just in terms of spending time with this character and making it their own. Um, and, and I know that he, he, I mean, I guess technically he is like a recast uh, as, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I think at this point, it's just like, he, he's also just flat out Obi-Wan Kenobi, like just yeah. the younger version of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and being able to see him interact with with new characters, but also, you know, old characters, good friends like Jimmy Smith's is, is fantastic. But I think the character of Obi-Wan is an interesting, it, it, it definitely is different than what we got in, you know, the prequel trilogy of, I don't want to say as a pillar of optimism, as people would say about Luke Skywalker, but he's definitely not the same Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that's the major, major theme of the show is that Obi-Wan is not the Obi-Wan of old. Like no. this is an Obi-Wan Kenobi who is, has cut himself off from the force for a significant amount of time. Uh, his sole mission is to protect Luke Skywalker much to the frustration of Owen Lars, which had that amazing scene between the two of, of, of ba- I don't want to say it's a guilt trip, but it basically is kind of a guilt trip from Owen, uh, where he's just like, you know, when the time comes, he must be trained like you trained his father. Uh, he's just like, Anakin is dead. And I don't want you leading him down that path too kind of idea and so i know like owen is kind of a jerk to, to obi-wan but you also have to kind of admire his heart for his i guess nephew slash son uh because of you know he he wants to protect him he wants to be there for him uh but we also know that luke is anakin skywalker's son so he wants adventure that and, I, and I, we also see that with Leia. Um, and I, that's what I really love about this show. That's why I think, man, there's just so many good things about this show. And I don't think yeah. we have enough time to really to really get through all of it. Um, let's see, where do we want to go from here? <coughs> let us let us talk about the Inquisitors. Uh, specifically, let, let's talk about the Grand Inquisitor and the third sister, um, who is Reva, who is mo- played by Moses Ingram. What do you guys think of her character overall? Uh, I say that I think she she does the role as the villain of the show very well. Uh, has a tenacity to find Obi Wan almost as much as Vader himself has uh, be all, all in pursuit of getting what she feels she deserves, which I think is very, is very Sith like and is, is very in keeping with the inquisitors. And there's a lot of time. I mean, I, I think she does the villain job very well because I, I think we're going to discover that there's something that we can be sympathetic with her about, but as it is right now, she just like 
is causing trouble for the the guy that we love, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and uh, it, it gets like under our skin, like the little things that she does. And I think that's perfect because that's exactly what her character needs to do. Yeah, as our resident Sith, um, watching <laughs> Reva and the Inquisitors, she exhibits what a Sith normally is better than any of them. She's yeah. ruthless. She is reckless. She's ruled by her passion. That is what motivates her, and that's what moves her, is her anger and her passion. Um, now, unfortunately for Reva, in the minds of the Inquisitors, she is a liability. Um, because um, there's a way that the Inquisitors do things and it's worked for them. And she is, um, she's doing the opposite. She's going and doing whatever she feels is her, like David, like you, or like Lou said, her right, what she thinks she deserves. And, um, and so there's infighting going on amongst that. But I, I love the character of Reva. Um, I, and, and here's what makes me love her. I hate her. Yeah. That, that is what her character is supposed to be. Like, people have been saying, like, I hate her character. She's the worst. I'm like, good. It's the same thing like John Walker on um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're supposed to hate him. We're supposed to hate him. And same thing. We're supposed to hate Reva. That means she's doing a great job. And I yeah. believe she's doing a great job. She exhibits those characteristics of the Sith that are very prominent in those characters. And she, like I said, to me, she represents the most of what a Sith is supposed to be versus the rest of the Inquisitors. Um, but but I love the Grand Inquisitor as well. He's just very, very proper, and he, he does things um, the right way. And there's a reason he's the Grand Inquisitor. Um, and so, I mean, I'm loving every aspect of the Empire side in terms of the Inquisitors, what Reva is doing, what Vader is doing. Like, it's just... It's hitting all the right spots for me. And so. Yeah, I. I can't honestly, I can't get enough of Reva and her character. And, and I almost wish that that we have more of her story at this point. I think it's coming. I think I think we're going to get more, especially in the next three episodes. I'm hoping. But I'm also now hoping for like comics on Reva about her journey and, and the process. Um you know, the biggest complaint I always hear is I think it, it has to do with the mixture of canon of comic material, uh, literature, the films, all of that kind of together. Because I think one of the criticisms that I've heard about Reva as a character is, well, how does she know about Anakin Skywalker? Like, how does she know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? No one's supposed to know that Anakin Skywalker is uh, or Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker. Like he kills anybody who knows who he really is. Like, how do you plan that? How do you justify that? And I saw someone kind of give a really, just a really, really good take of, of just saying, Hey, listen, people may know who Darth Vader is, but they don't say anything. One example of that is governor Tarkin. He suspects that it's Anakin Skywalker. If you read his book, he, he suspects that it's Anakin Skywalker. Doesn't talk about it doesn't doesn't say hey i know you are who you are so there's a good chance that the grand inquisitors know who it is because who who are, or the grand inquisitor does know who anakin skywalker or, or vader is and so do the rest of the inquisitors well how do they know um because most of them if, if not all of them used to be jedi 
meaning that they could have possibly seen Order 66 done on the temple. And Lord Vader was still unburned and still all, I mean, it was Anakin Skywalker with his hood up. Like they, they probably, they probably know now they're not going to say anything. Right. And I think Reva is one of the children in that opening scene of part one of order 66. Like she is one of those younglings meaning she, again, we don't know what, what happened after that. And we don't know, what was seen or unseen, but there's a very good possibility that she saw Anakin killing Jedi. Mm-hmm. We just know. So it's not really out of the ordinary to to assume that she knows who Vader was back then. Um, and, and I think that the, the racist comments made by supposed Star Wars fan, again, like and and I'm glad that you and uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but you and McGregor yeah. put out a video, uh, basically saying that if you're one of those people who are saying racist things to Moses Ingram, sending them to her, you're no Star Wars fan in his eyes and in my eyes. Like, there's just no place for that. Yeah. Uh, and so again, this is another rant that I have because I always see people uh, like put videos on TikTok and stuff like that that says, you know, no one can define a Star Wars fan. It's up to you. I was like, no, I can pretty, we can define it pretty quickly what a real Star Wars fan is. It's enjoying Star Wars. Yes, that's one. But two, respecting what other people enjoy. You may not have to agree with them. You may not like them, but you respect it and you move on and you don't call people names. You don't bash them. You don't uh, bully them online. Like that's a real Star Wars fan. That second thing, that second thing is, is that's for any fandom, not just Star Wars. Right. I think for any fandom, mm-hmm. the Absolutely. second thing you said is respecting what people like. And if you don't like something, you don't like it. That is fine. No one's saying you have to like everything. But to and and in the defense of Moses Ingram, um, same thing that they did with Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran. They always their fallback to these idiotic fans fans in quotation marks are always they're written badly i don't like their character that's their defense that's their fallback every time they go after and go after the actor not the character again no one is saying you can't have opinions and critiques about a character or a story but when you get personal and start attacking the person who was hired just to read the lines yeah that is when I'm sorry if you use the oh I don't like the way they were written and it just just stop. Just say that you're a terrible fan and move on because I'm I'm not buying into I'm not buying into the oh I I don't like their character. If you don't like the character, stick with the character. Stop getting personal. Yeah. That, yeah. that's no, my take I, on it. I agree 100% and uh I would like to go back to Ewan's comment and I just would like to say I appreciate the fact that he recognizes that this isn't a all Star Wars fans and B this isn't any true Star Wars fan mm-hmm. who who is doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I I respect what Ewan said is because like I mean obviously the past couple of weeks Ewan and Hayden have both been talking about oh now we're starting to hear from the fans who actually enjoyed the prequels. 
because we didn't. All we were hearing back then, like in 2003, 2005, were the critics who hated our movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now we're in a different place with Star Wars, I think, as a whole, because now we're we're realizing, no, people actually did love our films and people actually think that they're good. Um, And so what I was afraid of when all of this kind of started happening again was the idea of like, oh, great, now they're not going to want to come back to Star Wars again because of this backlash, especially with Moses Ingram, because I want more Reva. Um, I think that for someone to say that her writing is terrible and bad, when? Yeah. Like when? when? Uh, And I think that there's there's some times to where she does something that I've never seen in Star Wars before in terms of body language, and I love it. Like, I'm just like, this, it's what sets her apart from the other Inquisitors, like you were saying. Because I think Reva as a character is basically saying, like, you guys are dragging your feet way too much. Like, if we really want to get things done, we need to be a little bit more cruel. We need to be more aggressive. Like, threatening Owen and his family. Like, again, another amazing scene in part one. That's that's some Sith stuff right there. That is the stuff a Sith would do. And then in part two, getting all the bounty hunters on uh, Dayu to go after and look for Kenobi. And then also in part three, going to Vader and says, and or not even tell Vader. I don't think he told Vader, but I think, or she might have. No, like, uh, well, she talked Va- with Vader, but then yes. uh, the other the other Inquisitor told. The fifth brother. Yeah, told him b- yeah. about but the I think, information. Yeah, but I, but I think like her working with vader and be like let's send probes to everything in that in that direction um shows you that she is a woman of action mm-hmm. and i think for the non-star wars fans that we're talking about they don't like that no uh, because they also were attacking vivian blair uh as a young leia because she was act she was acting too much like a 10 year old can i rope like, in mom what a, what a concept <laughs> If you no, want to. No, like seriously, like we were watching it and after a while, my mo- mom was like, I me the gordo, meaning in Spanish, that means ah, she's wearing, she's like, I'm sick of her already. Um, and then so I quickly like was like, she's 10 years old. That's how she's supposed to be acting. She is supposed to be a mm-hmm. little annoying. She's little supposed to be a little brazen. You know, she's supposed to like get make you because fr- kids are frustrating. Kids are especially someone, especially <laughs> yeah. someone who grew up in a palace and is treated like a princess. Like, what do you think was going to happen when she got yeah. to the real world? They made such a big deal in the first episode, the fact that she never went anywhere. When she actually goes somewhere, she's going to be curious. She's going to be looking around and touching all these other stuff and being annoying. That's what a kid does. And so, like... Mm-hmm. Again, not to go on another little rant, but some people just need to use their brain. If they have one, use their brain, understand that what they're trying to give us is relatable stuff that actually happens in real life. Like if a Sith is supposed to be ruled by passion and anger, what do you think Riva is going to be doing? She's going to be going after what she thinks, what she wants. And if a kid is leaving home for the first time, have never experienced life. That's what she's going to do when she gets out in the real world. I think it's utterly ridiculous how these, like you said, David, quote unquote, fans consume content. It's just ridiculous at this point. Well, it's like, and they just, they stick with their, like, 
gut reaction and they don't push beyond that at all. Mm -hmm. Like they don't think about why they're feeling the way that they do. Right. And I think if, if more, right on, if more people would just actually kind of sit in it and think about it more, then they might realize that the reason why they're reacting the way that they are is because they're the, the actors are doing a good job. Exactly. Yeah. What a concept, right? I know. Right. (laughs) Well, and I, I think we also see this in part three uh, when, you know, Kenobi and Leia are kind of out in the field. They're supposed to meet uh, somebody at a like a, at a meeting point. Um, but the point person is is late and Obi-Wan's just like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted him. And then I think it was even part two where Leia kind of started asking. It was just like, is it really hard to believe that you might actually have friends uh yeah for kenobi it because i wouldn't say i mean they could be friends uh uh but like commander cody was the one who ordered the shot on him when order 66 happened and so you never know but guess what leia would not know that because she's been in a like like you said daniel she's been stuck in a palace for 10 years never really experiencing the outside world and so we really have to be careful when we when we talk about characters doing their job or actors doing their job in, in the role of characters. Uh, now star Wars theory is a guy who, you know, sometimes says the wrong thing. Um, but I think in this instance, I have to give him credit because he responded to Moses Ingram and also you and McGregor making kind of their statements of, about everything that's kind of happened. And he came up to the, he said, listen, I may not like the character and I may not uh uh I may not agree with the direction of it but at the same time she's doing her job like Moses Ingram's doing her job. This is the character that they wanted to give us and she's doing a great job giving us the character that they wanted. Um but to kind of go after them personally is is crazy and it's wrong. Um and again, like you McGregor said, like you are no Star Wars fan. Like you're just not. Uh and I don't buy into the whole well, you know, it's up. Like, you get to decide if you're a real Star Wars fan. No, there's a pretty good indicator of how, what is a real Star Wars fan. And if you don't make the criteria, you're not it. And so let's let's go ahead and let's move on. Let's talk more about, you know, the story um, that, that has taken place. So we, I mean, we've talked about Leia, uh, her introduction. She, she is kind of the reason why, no, she's not kind of, she is the reason why Kenobi goes off of Tatooine and we have this kind of crazy adventure with the two of I I really enjoyed the kind of the back and forth between Leia and and Obi-Wan of of her basically being like her protector and her guardian for that moment trying to get her back to Alderaan um but then we also have this kind of I think cool concept in in part 3 um to man we really see obi-wan experiencing kind of this ptsd like like actually uh because you know after leia and obi-wan arrive on mapuso i think is that how you say it um ben is starting to see things as they're going to meet to this meet point and he we actually get to see the figure of the fallen anakin skywalker in the distance i had to rewind that scene when i saw it because i was like no 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 there's no way there's no way that that's anakin skywalker um 
but then the, from there, the, the point person is late. And so Leia kind of goes off as she sees a driver in the distance. And we're named, we're introduced to an alien called Freck. Yeah. This is going to sound speciesist of me, but don't trust anybody who looks like a naked mole rat. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. 100%. Uh, I, but I did, I really enjoyed Freck as a character. Yeah. Um, well, and it's like that little bit of, you get to see that slice of humanity in kind of the villain's side, like yeah. you do in the Clone Wars, whenever mm-hmm. they go to a Separatist world. Yeah, it's like uh, an it's like an average citizen in, and unfortunately, a dictatorship. Like he's just a normal citizen, who. <sighs> it's kind of like, um, it's just the world that he's living in, you know, and he's just a loyal patriot, you know, in a way, and so. Yeah, like he's on he's he's very political on one side, but again, you like you said, you get to see that slice of humanity from him. But it's it's also fun to like compare him to Tala, uh, the yes uh, imperial officer who is actually the contact sent to help Obi Wan and Leia. Yeah, uh, because she said like whenever I joined up, the ideals of the Empire were something that. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked, but then as I got deeper into it, I realized what was actually happening, and it's it's interesting to think about whether or not Freck is kind of is is similar to Tala in mindset, where mm-hmm. like he but he's in like the the shallow part of the pool. He hasn't gotten really deep into it because he's just yeah. like yeah. he's just a regular guy, yeah. and so he's not going to get into the deep side of it. But uh, or. The alternative is he he knows about the deep side and he doesn't care. He's he's one hundred percent team imperial. I think but, you're right. I think it's more the shallow end uh, versus uh-huh. him knowing and just accepting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. It kind of reminds me of. Uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember his name. Bill Burr played him. Uh, in oh, the Mandalorian, yes, Mayfield. Oh Mayfield. yeah, Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of reminds me of this character because it was an important scene in the show of him just saying like, "Oh man, like we did things for you." A lot of and a lot of people were killed from that because uh, he was talking about Operation Cinder, which obviously was kind of like, "Hey, we're going to start over. We're going to wipe out everything and start from scratch." Um, kind of this same idea with, with, with Tala. I think Tala was a, a fantastic character. I, 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 w- I hope we're going to see more of her. I mean, we obviously will because she saved Kenobi, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but I think it was very, very interesting of, of, again, that reinforcement that we've seen from Clone Wars, we've seen from The Mandalorian, of, and, and also when we talk about um, Freck, of just these people at one point were just ignorant. They just didn't know uh, what the who the Empire really was. And some figure that out, some don't. Um, but I, I really enjoyed Frick's character. It, it was really cool when the stormtroopers kind of climbed aboard later on after he picked him up. They questioned Ben and Leia, which Leia in this entire thing was hilarious to me because before that, 
Ben had this huge backstory about, okay, you're this and this, and we're farmers from this planet. But then as soon as it is, and then he told Leia, he says, don't talk, like, don't yeah. speak. Uh, you and, don't talk. And it was funny. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you don't talk. And then he's like, so I can't talk or I, or I don't talk. It's like, you don't talk. <laughs> he's like, you don't talk. But then they switch roles. Leia ends up doing yeah. most of the making up the story. And Obi-Wan is just kind of like quiet. Doesn't really say a lot. Only when he's spoken to. Um, and it, again, we have this kind of beautiful moment. Like Daniel, like I think you said this to where, you know, he kind of like Obi-Wan kind of messes up because Leia asks a question that. Kenobi thinks she shouldn't and he's just like you can't ask that Leia or something along those lines he's like I uh, thought she's like, her I name think, was yeah she's like uh, she had said oh Obi-Wan had said like uh, I think they know what they're doing Leia and yeah yeah, yeah and then he says I thought your name her, her name was so and so and he's just like yes sorry I, I she looked a lot like her mother that's why I get yeah. it mixed up I and thought we that have was this, a brilliant that was a brilliant cover it really, yeah, was. It, really was. it really was. And, and but again, Leia, because she's a smart ten year old, just just like I feel like this entire time you've been hiding something from me, and she really innocently uh, just says, "Are you my real father?" And you get that to, she's she wants to know who her dad is. She's heard things about her mom, maybe, um, and so it was just it was just really painful. To kind of to kind of see and, and to hear, uh, but you know, after that, I, I think one of my favorite things about this about part three was the fact that um, there seems to be this like underground railroad of connecting Jedi survivors and Force sensitive beings um, called the Path, and yeah. they're able to kind of help and hide, uh, you know former Jedi and force sensitive users. Um, And let me tell you, I, I kind of got some shivers whenever he's, whenever Obi-Wan was like, Quinlan was here. Yes. It was like, that's that's the big thing everyone's been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where everyone's kind of had, they've been, the theories have been going around that Quinlan Voss is the one who rescued Grogu. Oh, because we know, because we know that he escaped Order 66 and then he says he helps when he can. Like he connects, he gets people out into safety and stuff. He's like, so maybe he grabbed Grogu when when he left. I mean, uh, that'd be because dope. we don't because we don't know where Quinlan was at that time. Uh, and so I think that would be that would be a very, very cool idea. Very cool concept. Um, we should get into we should do a character kind of retrospective over Quinlan Vaughn sometime. We should. uh, And and to kind of help with that, you should read Dark Disciple. Because that's where we get a lot of Quinlan. Um, And I, man, that's probably one of the best books too from Star Wars. Uh, But let's talk about the, the big, the big thing that we were waiting for. And, and I don't think that it is the main fight. I think it was just a a preview. I think it was a snippet, but Vader, due to the probes like we were talking about before, that were sent uh, because, you know, they got to the checkpoint because Frick basically said, hey, I think you need to check these guys out. The probe was there, scanned his face. It is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, Vader comes to the planet and confronts Kenobi. But I think what was really cool is that we... 
Kenobi got to see with his own eyes how different Vader is from Anakin Skywalker. Because, like, Vader pulled somebody out from their home, was, like, dragging him. A son came over to, like, help, and he just broke his neck and killed him. Um, Like, the most insane thing. I think what was... To me, what I was thinking about when I was watching this scene was just like, oh, my gosh, is Leia seeing all this? Oh, my gosh, is Leia seeing that this is her father? Like, they were just talking about who her dad was or who wasn't her dad. Um, And he's like, right. I just, again, oh, man, this show is just so amazing. Um, But then we see, like, Kenobi tells Tala and Leia, get her out of here. She she needs to go to the ship so that way she can escape the planet. Uh, and so she kind of he leads Vader out into the middle of nowhere and whew, Vader destroys Kenobi. Yes. Yeah. Like Kenobi has no chance no. because, again, Vader has been fighting for the last 10 years. He's been active. Kenobi hasn't been yeah. active in 10 years. Uh, so what did you think about? how the fight ended luke i'll let you i'll let you go first to kind of explain what happened because it was amazing yeah so brutal but amazing yeah like you said the from the get-go darth vader just completely outclassed obi-wan kind of in combat obi-wan looks very weak and like almost frail in comparison as he's using mm-hmm. both of his hands to try to hold his lightsaber up while Darth Vader's just mashing him with the one lightsaber. <laughs> and yeah. eventually it gets to the point where he grabs Obi-Wan using the Force and uh, lights up all these like coals and, I guess, builds a giant fire. And mm-hmm. it is crazy because he's uh, about to make Obi-Wan in his own words, the way that you made me, which I thought was, yes. that was like, gosh, it, that was such line a crazy line. Right now. Yeah. Like I, I put that ahead of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, a, a really brutal and really hard to watch scene, uh, yeah. because Vader knows that he, or at least thinks that he knows that he has Obi-Wan dead to rights. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to take his time killing him. And uh, fortunately, Tala and the the loader droid come and, and save him. But it's it's crazy. Now that you said it earlier, David, like I'm thinking back on the, that first part of the fight when they're actually dueling. Mm-hmm. I agree there is some type of muddiness to that. It wasn't a fight that, um, like, we're used to seeing. It was very sloppy. Um, I think part of it being, you know, Hayden's in the suit now, and he's not free-flowing like he was in the prequels. And so I think that might have something to do. But just in terms of the show and the storytelling of it, um, and I had a conversation with with our dad about it, and he was like, he's like, why is he so weak? Like, it's... When he reconnected with the force, it, sh- it should be like just riding a bike. And I'm like, it's not like riding a bike. There's a reason why they say training takes time and effort, but most importantly, time. When Obi-Wan disconnected himself from the force for probably 10 years, that's going to have a huge effect. Like he just can't re-tap into the force and be like, oh, I'm back to the, you know, amazing Jedi that, I, that I've been. You know, that takes time. 
Mm-hmm. And I think us. And that's something probably people need to remember. Just because you reconnect to the floors doesn't mean you're automatically going to go back to what you were. Like, And I think the f- the fight proved that, you know, time really took a toll on Kenobi. You know, yeah. like Luke said, um, now that Luke pointed that out about him having to hold two hands with a lightsaber, I'm like, he looked just like Din Djarin did um, in The Mandalorian when he, because it, it, it looked heavy to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I'm I'm finishing up Rebels right now, you know, and the same thing with Sabine, like you like you're you're fighting against the blade, not working with it. Yeah. And so I think that takes time and training and Obi-Wan's out of practice. And so those things were super evident. And I love the fact that they included that because that's that's realistic. Um, And then you talk about the brutality of of Vader, Um, like you said, when he's coming into the town and just like, you know, just really wreaking havoc over, you know, the civilians of that town. Um, and I also thought it was really funny. Like after he broke that kid's neck, um, he just pulls this woman. Yeah, it's funny that he dr- broke a kid's neck, Daniel. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> following that. Cause that was brutal. Uh, he just like, just drags his woman for like 10 feet and then just lets her go. Yeah. It's really um, funny when women are being dragged. by. Vader. Are you serious right now? <laughs> We can't no, hold but, it against him. He's the resident Sith, remember? You know what? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm the resident Sith, you know. And but um like that type of stuff, like you you see that and it's and it's really like you had said earlier, David, he's not the Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. that that, that we used to know. He's different. And um and seeing Vader just be like, you know what, I'm gonna make you what you made me. Mm-hmm. And, and really just torturing Kenobi. And he and he said, like, your suffering has just begun, you know, and like it's chill. Like me just talking about it right now gives me chills about what we could see next, because, you know, I would love to see more of Vader. You know, I know we yeah. get him in the comics a lot, but something about live action. And, and you know, I love yeah. the fact that they're using Hayden. Um for that and you know they're using james earl jones his voice like all that stuff and so, they're actually not using james well no, they're earl using jones. the same technology they use for for you know for boba fett um yeah they're using the but same I think ai it, technology but i, I think i like it how works. we've all seen that video <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know if we've ever all talked about that together but yeah no, 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 no. we have it well here's the thing i think with um with vader it works perfectly i think it does um yeah it does it for Luke Skywalker, not so much. Um, but that's a that's neither here nor there. That's another thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic entirely. But you know, you doing that, like it putting him back on screen and seeing that interaction, dude, that that just made the whole weight that we had to endure waiting all this time to see that encounter between Vader and Kenobi, it just made it all worth it. It really did. And like you said, David, this is not the last time we're going to see them Um, because based on the artwork, they're going to be fighting somewhere else. And, you know, and I believe that that's going to be an epic fight. That's what Mm -hmm. I believe. And so, but it's amazing. If I have any theory uh, based on the concept art, I'd say that, you know, Kenobi is not going to escape Vader off that planet. I think Vader is going to capture him. And take them to Mustafar, and they're gonna have their rematch on Mustafar. That that might be wishful thinking, but I think I think something like that could happen. 
but I'm not gonna if it doesn't happen if I'm completely wrong I'm not gonna be like well man Cyrus sucks or whatever <laughs> um, but I do think that especially in responding to dad because dad is a legends guy too like he's all about his jedi academy his jedi outcast his couture uh the you know the the goaded luke skywalker from from that time period uh, in jedi outcast 2 kyle katarn has to go through this test to regain his lightsaber and luke says you know i really thought that when you came here to get, do this test i thought you were going to fail all, outright and then Katarn's just like, well, then Luke says, you've gone to the Valley of the Jedi. Yeah, which Luke is wanted him to stay and continue to train. To continue to train. Yeah. And he and and he's like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, he <laughs> says, I don't. So I went to the Valley of the Jedi. I, I souped up on all my power yeah. and, and I'm going off. And so the, the idea that you can reconnect with the force after a long period of time and just be like your former self is just wrong in both legends and canon. Yeah. Uh, and so that those ideas aren't even in star wars and so people really need to stop holding those ideas but yeah. that's that's you know as always people just don't know or you know they don't sit down and think through it they just kind of say whatever and then they hold that opinion for the rest of their life but when it comes to i think how this story ends which is basically like tala comes and helps him escape because leia says go to him like like i can find my way you just go but then reva finds leia reva finds leia and catches up with her kills the pilot who's supposed to take her off world and that is how the episode kind of ends man a lot of crazy stuff one of the things i do want to talk about because this has also been another criticism of the show um is the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, first people didn't like the way that he looked um, because it doesn't look like he does in, in Rebels, which I think, it, again, is one of those, it's a fair criticism. Uh, like like he doesn't look like he did in, in Rebels or even the same species as like we saw in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so I, I think it's valid. I think what people have jumped to is Reva does stab the Grand Inquisitor he does, and it's not addressed in part three. And so we have this kind of idea of people saying like, oh man, they just completely crapped all over Rebels uh, because he's in Rebels and and this takes before Rebels. And so they're just, they just retconned the entire thing. And I said this before, stop assuming that Obi-Wan Kenobi is ignoring Rebels because of the Grand Inquisitor being stabbed. Wait until the whole story has been told before jumping to conclusions, because we don't know yet. He might come back in part four. He might come back in part five. He might come back in the finale. Who knows? Uh, um, and, and really, I, depending on how Reva's story goes, I would yes. almost expect to wait until the finale to see him come back. Because yeah. what, what's going to happen, we know this without a doubt, is that in some way, Reva is going to fail. So she's not becoming the Grand Inquisitor. Right. And so we, we, so just, uh, everyone just, just stop. Well, just stop. Here's, hold your horses. Well, here's the hold thing. Hold your horses. Here's the thing. And I have, and I know nothing about their species, but like all it takes is a little research. His species 
Don't they have two stomachs? Yes, they do. So she stabbed him in the stomach. Most likely what's going to happen is that (coughs) that stomach is now obsolete. He still has another one. And so, like, I agree with you. I feel like, for me, I feel like he's going to come back in the finale. I really do. I I feel like either he or Vader will kill Reva by the end of this season. I feel that. Because like mm. you said, she's going to fail. Yeah, She will. Yeah. She will fail. That's just what her story has to be. It's either mm-hmm. going to be the Grand Inquisitor making his return or Vader kills her for crossing him because of her Maybe. ambition. Maybe. Because Maybe. of her ambition. Maybe. Um, but again, I'm 100% with you. People need to just shut up. Let the story play out. Trust in the writers. They know, especially Deborah Chow. Trust her. Yeah. Trust her, really, because she's done great work so far. And wait till the whole story plays out before you have these horrendously bad takes on a show that's not done. And so that's so I 100% agree. People are just. Star Wars fans are the worst at times. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only thing, the only thing that I may disagree with you on is the f- the way that Reva's story will end. Because I think another way that it could end, and I'm hoping it ends, because I think this would be a beautiful time. Oh, I, I think I know where you're going. Is with this. Yeah. is the fact that Reva obviously has this obsession with Kenobi, has Correct. obsession with capturing Jedi, because she has felt abandoned by the Jedi Order because of Order sixty six. Right. Um. And so what I hope will happen, and this has been rumored uh, of some, I'm not sure if this will happen, though. People say uh, that Quinlan Voss may make an appearance in this show. Uh, it probably won't happen, uh, but that's been that's been rumored that that's been talked about, especially after, you know, part three. But I think that the bigger idea of Reva being redeemed mm-hmm. is is a huge thing. Yeah. Of she she will learn that she is not alone that she has not been abandoned but she has been looked for, uh, and will she still fail a hundred percent? I think she will. Will Vader get the opportunity to kill her? Who yes, knows? I think so. But I think Kenobi will stop him, and that's when we'll have maybe the epic duel or or whatever. And Reva is going to get an opportunity to escape the grand inquisitor may try and capture her it may not work she goes off i would love to see her being a part of the underground railroad the path mm-hmm. organization of helping other force users and former jedi find an escape yeah. i think that would be a beautiful telling of her story yeah. but will it happen i don't know i, yeah. I we just I don't think, know i think after this next episode, we'll have a good idea of what's going to happen with her character. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm just foreseeing this This is the way that I would write it. Maybe it would be different from how the way it's actually written. And that's okay. But since Reva now has Leia with her, she's going to be on screen, I think, for a, a larger chunk than she has been. Right. Uh, so because and the way that I, I think of it is like there's there's three main characters, right? So there's mm-hmm. Reva, there's Kenobi, and there's Leia. Uh, right. In the Absolutely. first episode, they all have separate stories. Uh, 
in the second episode, it's in the second and third episodes, the story of Kenobi and uh, they're all Leia. intertwined. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And so they get the lion's share. I think we're going to see the the flip side of that now because we have Leia and Reva together, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan trying to find them. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be oh man, part four can't come soon enough. I'm already. I mean, I've been waiting for part six already yeah. since last week. Just Again, this is an amazing show. I'm going to be sad when this season's over. Uh, whether I want a season two depends on how season one ends and you know what kind of loose ends are left loose. But I, I guess here, here's, I guess, a, pred- a prediction kind of question. We haven't really seen... I mean, we've seen flashbacks from the films and stuff like that, you know, especially when Kenobi has his dream in part one. But do you think in part four, we will actually get to see some flashbacks that are, you know, brand new scenes? Do you think that we get that maybe in part four, especially with Kenobi kind of being in the state that he is right now? Uh, I think it's certainly possible. I think it makes more sense to have flashbacks either in part four or five than it does well and really between those four more than five because five has to be all about setting up the finale i think Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i think if we're going to see any flashbacks we're going to see them this next episode yeah i agree if they're gonna do it at any point it's either now or it's not gonna happen because like you said luke you know five they have to be you know setting up the finale and i don't think there's gonna be time Unless the only possible way I could see flashback being in any other point of the show is maybe the finale pre Vader Kenobi fight. Um, mm-hmm. Just as like Obi-Wan is, you know, preparing and he's like, well, this time I have to defeat him. And maybe, you know, he remembers, you know, some things. And so either four or six, I could see it happening. Um, but I don't expect it in any. It's either in those or, or none of them, really. Right. So I think what would be really, really cool, again, probably won't happen, but I think getting some Vader perspective flashbacks also would be very, very cool just to kind of see the anger just build and build and build leading up to that last fight. I think that would be really, really cool to see. But one of my final questions for you guys one of the final ones is let's talk about the score for a second Uh, we got the new obi-wan kenobi theme by john williams what are your thoughts on that it's good love it uh the the thing that you said (laughs) we were talking about this the other day and the thing that you said does it does stick out to me (laughs) Especially since I, I love that uh, Spider-Man score so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I told that I told that to yeah. people and I ruined it for them. But. <laughs> yeah, it did give me that kind of vibe. Yeah. Now that you say that. Yeah. But I think Nat- Natalie Holt and the rest of the score has done a, a pretty oh, great job. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it's been it. good. Uh, yeah. it's, oh, man. I, I, I'm... As as much action packed that I love Star Wars, I I'm a I'm a sucker for for ballads, you know, yeah. uh, soft themes and stuff. And I think she's done a perfect job on on doing that. Yeah, um, she has. 
I haven't had a chance to actually go back and listen to the score like on Spotify or anything like that, but I know I will hear pretty soon. Yeah. Um, final question. What What is your favorite scene? If you could choose one scene from all of the three parts that we've had so far, what would be your number one? So I would say that my number one favorite scene as it stands right now is Leia and Obi-Wan talking about what the force is like. Uh, because mm, and it, it also so ties good. so well with like even High Republic era things because yes, one of the big yes. themes in the High Republic is how does every Jedi conceive of the Force? And mm-hmm. here you have Obi-Wan uh, describing what the Force is like like for the first time after he's used it in like 10 years because he just used it to save Leia. Um, and he says it's like a light turning on uh, whenever you're afraid of the dark. And mm-hmm. just like the the comfort and the peace that you have with that. And I think what it points us forward to is that despite Obi-Wan's fear and, and stress and everything about learning that Vader is still alive, I think he has a new spark of hope in him because he's been reconnected to the force in this way. And I think it's that spark that's going to grow. That is going to lead him to be stronger by the end of the season. Like we've already talked about. Yeah. I'm going to keep on the same theme of Leia. Um, I just think anytime she has a scene that has to deal with her emotions in terms of like, talking to Bale about like, I'm not even a real Organa mm-hmm. and, you know, Bale kind of like really loving on her and says like, she's like, what? She's like, you are Organa in every way, like those yeah. type of moments. And then I'm reminded of like, um, when Kenobi reminds her or she reminds him of, you know, Padme, you know, that's those stuff like that. And, so when they're in that little the, that little cargo port and then when they're, you know, mm-hmm. on with with Frick, um, that moment that they have, the fact that and I, and those were a couple of moments. But I think the, my number one favorite scene is when, you know, he messes up her name, like her name's supposed to be Luma, but he calls her Leia and she kind of senses that he knows who her parents are. And just to see how badly she wants to know who they are. Um, and it's not something that we got in the first two episodes. Um, but it, like that third, you know, in that third episode, I got the sense of like, it reminded me of Smallville, you know, mm-hmm. when Clark is trying to find out who his parents are and he's been searching and he is in, he's like kind of insistent of like, I want to know, I want to know. That's the kind of vibe I get from Leia as well. Like she desperately wants to know who her parents are that I didn't get earlier. And so, and you can see she gets emotional about like, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know, she's like, are you my dad? And he's like, I wish I was, but I'm not. And she's like, I, I just always wondered what he was like. Mm-hmm. And so like that, like that really got me. And so any scene with Leia, with any father figure, like th- those are my favorite scenes. Wow. What a cop out answer. Just every scene <laughs> I'm with just Leia. saying, I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it's hard to pick. Like she's just so great. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I for me, the scene that just did it for me 
honestly had nothing to do with Kenobi, had nothing to do with Leia. It was Reva at kind of the Inquisitorium place or whatever they call it with, you know, all the other Inquisitors. Uh, the way that she interacts with everybody else. I, again, I love the concept of Reva because they all look down at her. Why? I, I have no that's a great idea scene. yet. Yeah, that's a great um, scene. But it, it's the it's the scene really where, you know, she like she, she goes and she says, well, I, we're sending out probes and, and, and whatnot. And she was like, well, shouldn't you pass that by Lord Vader? I already have. You went to talk to him yourself. And then later on when we see like, oh, he's already heading to the planet because I told him he was very appreciative. It was fifth brother who went to Vader because they're both trying to fill that supposed empty Grand Inquisitor spot. And he's just like, you know, you may have won what like the battle, but I'll win the war kind of sense of of, of kind of conversation yeah. of and just the tension. Uh, but again, it, it is again reminiscent of even the old Sith of people uh, trying to yes pursue power yeah. and, and yeah. pursue position. And and to me, I was just like, this is such a great scene uh, and probably probably one of the most underrated scenes, I would say, and probably I think, in the entire show. I think, yeah, I, now that you said that, it reminded me of the scene where he's like, you know, doing all this isn't going to change who you are. And he was like, what's that? And he's like, the least of us. He's like, all, all the power that you obtain won't mask the stench. And she said one of the best lines in the show so far. She has said, maybe that stench is your failure. Mm. And yeah. that was, that's a cold line. Um, and so, like, yeah, Reva, she's just, she's a great character. And she does it so well. Like, she plays her role very well. Like I said, to me, Reva is the most Sith-like out of all the Inquisitors, and yeah. she consistently and she consistently proves. And I'm hoping that continues in this. But like you said, Dave, I think it will be interesting to see if she gets redeemed because when she looked at the wall where people go on the path, she recognized the name. Yeah. I don't know what name that was, but she recognized someone. So I think that might be a spark for maybe more of her backstory being revealed. Well, that has been our time covering the first three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and being an awesome, awesome, awesome <laughs> guest uh, and really just kind of giving your two cents on why you enjoyed the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was uh, a lot of fun. I'm glad that I didn't have to wait to the end of a season <laughs> to get on the show like I had to do for Boba Fett. But you're not you gonna know. you're not gonna guilt trip us to feeling bad. You're you know not what? Gonna. Uh, objection, relevance. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a different podcast. We don't do that on here. Well, okay. Well, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, you're <laughs> thanks welcome. For you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for freaking, giving me a chance. Freaking Sith. Hey, but. Uh, Luke, as always, it's it's great to talk Star Wars with you, host the show with you. Uh, and so we we really don't know how this schedule is actually going to work. I don't know if we're going to cover every episode when they come out because we have the time to or, or whatnot. But we are excited to cover more Obi-Wan Kenobi, who Luke believes is the greatest Jedi of all time. And 
uh, I, I, you, I was going to say both of us think that, but um, I, like I said in a previous episode, my opinion of that has changed. But Obi-Wan Kenobi is definitely my number two for me. But we both enjoy the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so we, we're excited to, to cover these episodes for you. Uh, so for Luke Forney, this is David Gonzalez with the Star Wars Historians on the Star Wars Historians show presented by the Gazebo Effect Network. And until next time, may the force be with you. Hello there. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't really work as a sign off quote, does it? <laughs> Goodbye there. <laughs>